Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. I'm Stephen Reichman, and my latest cookbook is Project Smoke. USA Today said, where there's smoke, there's Stephen Reichlin. Is smoking the new grilling? Uh, smoking is absolutely the new grilling. Uh, after two decades of becoming really good at grilling, smoking is the new frontier. Uh, and there are many reasons for this. I mean, first of all, we are obsessed with barbecue more than ever, but we realize that you can get those great authentic smoke flavors uh, at home. You don't necessarily need to go to a uh, barbecue joint. What's the difference between smoking, grilling, and barbecuing? Well, all three are related processes, and all three involve live fire. But in grilling, you cook directly over the fire, over a high heat very quickly. So you would typically grill a steak or a hamburger. Uh, True barbecue is an indirect method. You're cooking next to the fire, not directly over it, at a much lower temperature for a much longer period of time. Foods you typically barbecue would be pork shoulder, brisket, ribs, etc., Uh, Smoking involves the use of wood smoke to flavor the food, like barbecue. But not all smoked foods are barbecue. Think of smoked salmon, think of smoked cheese, think of bacon. These are three classic smoked foods that aren't really barbecue. What is your favorite food to smoke? Uh, I'd have to say the beef plate ribs on the cover of uh, the new book, Project Smoke. Or that, that's, that's what I've been smoking a lot of lately. These are the biggest ribs on the planet. Uh, each one weighs about two pounds. Simple preparation, uh, just uh, coarse salt, freshly ground or cracked black peppercorns and hot pepper flakes. Uh, the whole key is to smoke them low and slow for about 10 hours. Now, why is it low and slow? Why can't it be fast? Many of these cuts, like a beef brisket or beef plate ribs or beef ribs, uh, require low heat because they're loaded with connective tissue and collagen. And if you cook that, well, I mean, first of all, a lot of these foods are big. I mean, a whole pack of brisket is 14 to 18 pounds. So if you try and direct grill that, what you do very quickly is you burn the outside while the inside stays raw. But even more to the point, uh, the connective tissue requires a low heat and a long cooking time to melt out the collagen and render the meat tender. Quail eggs, cocktails, and ice cream. Three things I never thought about smoking. Tell us about your quail egg recipe adapted from Noma in Copenhagen. Yeah, so, you know, whenever I write a new book, the first thing I do is pack a suitcase. And this one took me throughout Scandinavia, throughout the U.K., Italy, Mexico, and, of course, I crisscrossed the United States. Uh, Noma, of course, uh, the world's top restaurant, ranked in the top 50 restaurants by San Pellegrino for, I believe, four years running, um, based on a startling premise, and that is to use foods only found within a 50-kilometer radius of Copenhagen. Um, The idea of a pickled egg, you know, this is a popular bar food uh, found throughout uh, Europe and, of course, throughout North America. Uh, And the idea of smoking it and then pickling it, you know, that's kind of taking a bar classic, smoke a traditional preservative for preserving meats throughout the long winter before uh, refrigeration. Uh, And then the Noma sort of three-star, you know, ultimate restaurant experience uh, is shrinking it down to a quail egg, which is very delicate. You can eat it in one bite. And at Noma, it's actually served on a bed of hay in an egg-shaped ceramic dish that when you lift the top of the lid, the hay is actually smoking. So you're kind of reinforcing the smoke 
experience. The term hay smoking pops up in your cookbook. What exactly is that? So this is a technique that is used in Italy to smoke mozzarella, scamorza, and other cheeses. And hay smoking is really useful because, you know, we mentioned low and slow earlier, and usually smoking requires a time commitment of hours, if not half, for three-quarter days. But in hay smoking, when you burn hay or straw, you release fragrant clouds of smoke in a matter of seconds. And hay smoked cheese can be done in 10 minutes or less. So it's a really quick process. It's a nice counterpoint and counterbalance to uh, traditional low and slow smoking. For the smoking novice, what recipe out of Project Smoke do you recommend? Well, I would start with the Carolina pork shoulder. Why pork shoulder? First of all, unlike brisket or ribs, pork shoulder is intrinsically tender. You can actually cut it into steaks and direct grill it, which is what they do in St. Louis. Uh, Also, pork shoulder is extremely well marbled, and it's well marbled both on the inside and the outside. Thick sheath of fat on the outside, generous marbling inside. So even if you get a spike in temperature or you overcook it or your timing isn't quite right, you'll still wind up with a tender, luscious piece of pork. So I started out doing cookbook publicity in Kansas City for Pig Out Publications. And I remember working on your cookbooks back in the 90s. As one of the original barbecue gurus, what are your thoughts on the proliferation of barbecue restaurants and experts? Well, it's extremely gratifying. Uh, I like to think in small part that I helped set the trend in motion. Uh, But, you know, in a certain sense, every generation reinvents barbecue. And we've been doing this for almost two million years. Uh, I mean, we discovered the act and art of live fire cooking, right? We, I say we, it was a distant human ancestor called Homo erectus about 1.8 million years ago. And throughout human history, live fire cooking, it's associated with uh, evolution. You know, it helped us become the modern human beings we are. It's associated with religion. Uh, it was associated with uh, discovery. I mean, if you think of the great, uh, the great age of discovery when Europe discovered the New World and actually discovered a wooden grilling device uh, called a barbacoa that gave us our word barbecue. Uh, so it's appropriate that, you know, things are much more accelerated now, but it's, it's appropriate that a new generation of uh, chefs and eaters and foodies discover barbecue in a new way. And I would argue that 2016 in some ways is the most exciting uh, year, certainly in my lifetime, for eating barbecue. Uh, Great barbecue restaurants in places you'd never expect, like New York City and Portland, Oregon and Boston. Uh, Wood-fired restaurants proliferating like mushrooms after a rainstorm. Um, think of the Dabney in uh, Washington, D.C., yep. or Oct in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I mean, it's a really exciting time uh, for smoke and fire. You know, coming from Kansas City, I love barbecue, and I live in New York City. But there's my neighborhood barbecue place here, and I won't name it, but they offer a bunch of salads as sides, and I, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. Well, I would say one of the hallmarks of the kind of uh, the new wave barbecue joint is a thoughtfulness and care uh, about the side dishes. Uh, 
And so I've been thinking about like Mighty Quinn. Yeah, uh, that's where, Mighty where Quinn. You get a, okay, is that your neighborhood? <laughs> yes. It's a fantastic barbecue restaurant. Um, I, I think they have a sugar snap pea salad. Yes. Um, you know, and, and another thing that goes hand in hand with these new creative sides, which I happen to love, is much more attention on the quality of the meat. That was missing from the old school barbecue joints, but the new guys are using grass-fed beef, they're using chemical-free and growth hormone-free beef, uh, uh, heirloom and heritage varieties of pork, organic chicken, organic vegetables, wild, sea, wild seafood. I mean, I think this is just great. It's, it's, uh, we're really um, reinventing barbecue for the food morality of, uh, of, of the new, you know, the age we live in now. Apparently in the 19th century, all beers had a meaty taste. Roush beer. Um, on Saturday night, I tried an original Balmberg smoked beer. It was the craziest taste. It tasted just like bacon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this brings us to what I call liquid smoke, and I'm not just talking about the uh, flavoring, but um, throughout the, across the world and throughout human history, we have smoked our beverages. So the beer you refer to uh, associated with Bamberg, Germany, but now brewed across the United States, uh, is made with smoked barley. And, you know, the barley is it's sprouted to uh, make it sweeter, and then it's, uh, and then it's mashed. Uh, but in order to dry it, uh, used to be cooked in a kiln, uh, but in Baumberg they actually smoke it over a smoky wood fire. Uh, Scotch whiskey is made by a very similar principle. Uh, you sprout the, uh, you malt the barley, that is, you sprout it to make it sweeter, and then it's roasted in these giant ovens uh, over giant kilns over uh, peat, which is a, I guess it's a precursor to coal. Uh, and I have a picture of me in one of these kilns on Isler Island, and the camera was about five feet away from me, and you can barely make out my silhouette. So that's how <laughs> smoke environment is. But when you taste Scotch whiskey, you know, that's the flavor you get. Uh, in Mexico, mezcal, which is a cousin of tequila, is smoked the same way. Um, I mean, it's a really exciting time, uh, you know, to be a drinker as well as to uh, to be an eater. And we haven't even scratched the surface of smoked cocktails. Now, in Project Smoke, there's a whole chapter on cocktails. Devices like the smoking gun or the Aladdin handheld smoker. Bartenders are smoking cocktails like crazy. Right, and as someone who lives in New York City and I have a small kitchen, I can definitely get one of those handheld smokers and do cocktails at home. And not only that, but um, the handheld cocktails, uh, in <laughs> one of my favorite sections of the book, it's called You Can Smoke What? Question mark, exclamation mark. It's in the uh, vegetable chapter. And um, uh, over the course of several weeks, I tried smoking virtually every flavoring and condiment I could think of, uh, including mayonnaise. Now, if you put mayonnaise in a bowl, you place that bowl over ice, you cover the mayonnaise bowl with plastic wrap, fill the bowl with smoke from your smoking gun, you will wind up with this incredibly smoky mayonnaise, which makes a fantastic BLT uh, or potato salad. Where can we find you on tour, TV, and on the web? I'm so glad you asked. So I'm in Philadelphia this morning. I'll be in San Antonio tonight. Uh, in the next week, I will be, let's see, in Tulsa, Wichita, Topeka, Kansas City, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Venice, Italy. I finish up in Venice, Italy, which will be kind of fun. There's a barbecue festival about 20 miles from Venice that I'm, I'm going to be the guest of honor at. 
Uh, and for information on all things Reichland and all things uh, Project Smoke, um, you can go to my website, which is barbecuebible.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E-B-I-B-L-E.com. In terms of my Project Smoke TV show, which is airing on public television even as we speak, um, that uh, varies region to region, but we're in uh, virtually every market of PBS now. And for uh, a list of where the show airs in your area, visit projectsmoke.org. If you think meat is just for smoking, think again. Thanks so much, Stephen, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you. Thank you.